This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. It's good to see all of you out. Again, I hope this is a part of the highlight of your week here, just to come here and worship God together. I welcome you if you're a guest. We're honored to have you. If you need a Bible, once you get your hand up real high and our ushers will get you one. Once you got a Bible, go with me to the book of Mark chapter 12. Mark 12. Now, as we're turning there, um, this series we've been talking about discovering God. And today, just through the video, the poor widow this morning, I believe, will help us. But one of the ways we see God is right there through Jesus. How Jesus is is how God is, and how God is is how Jesus is. And John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. And then in verse 7, he said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So again, Jesus and the Father are exactly alike. And so we can hang on to that. And what we're going to talk about a little bit here this morning is how Jesus gave his time and his energy to people here on earth. And oftentimes the people that Jesus gave his time to were people that would be overlooked or not even noticed by most people in our society. In the book of Matthew chapter 9 itself, it says that Jesus was around the tax collectors, the sinners, says he was around the demon-possessed, the sick, the diseased. And so Jesus had a great ability to be around people that a lot of times other people didn't want to be around. So we're going to learn that today. And so we begin this morning in Mark chapter number 12. And I'm going to start in Mark 12 here in this passage, starting in verse 41, and then we'll end with it later on this morning. We're going to fill in some blanks here. Mark 12, verse 41. Now Jesus sat opposite of the treasury, the offering box, and he saw how the people put money into the treasury, and many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow, and I want to highlight that, poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrant. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, As surely I say to you that this poor widow again has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Now, just with Jesus' words right here, it's very clear that this woman was poor. The word poor in the Greek means that she was a beggar or extreme poverty. So in looking at this, I I wonder how many people that morning overlooked her. The majority of the people at church there that day didn't even notice her. How many people that day even took time to, to speak to her? And so saying that, maybe this describes you or maybe it describes people, but Are there certain times that people in this world that if they died or they were gone, would we even miss them? Would anybody even notice that they were gone? And I want you to think here just briefly of your own life, and it can start as a child and go all the way to the present. But maybe you remember people in school that people weren't good to. Picked on them. Last one to be chosen in any event. And, and you think about that. The, the ones that 
never may have had anyone even notice them. And I believe each one of us can think back at that at times in our life growing up, but even presently, and it's interesting how God leads you through life. And for, for almost 20 years of my life, I worked at a, a, a big utility company, a water utility company. And those days, you would spend your time working in the alleys. The majority of my time was in the alleys. And again, you've seen alleys that are very clean and good and some alleys that are bad. But they're all got some issues about them. And within most of the alleys, there were people that most people never noticed. The homeless, uh, the druggies, the alcoholics. Uh, people that lived in and out of the dumpsters. And I would find myself finding people like that and realizing if they died, would even anyone even miss them? Would anybody even notice them? And what I found out in the alleys is people don't know or they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so then I get into the ministry about 20 years ago. And we used to be way on the east side of town over off of Avenue Q. And I remember one morning a man coming in and it was very apparent that he was probably homeless. Just by the appearance and by the smell. You know, the smell of, of a dumpster, the smell of not bathing, the smell of urine on his body. And I never forget that moment because I heard the Lord say to me that day, I died for that smell. And so this morning I, I want us to discover God. And one of the ways we're going to discover God today is just throw you, show you through the scriptures how important people are to God. Even people that many times go unnoticed. So we're going to go to the book of Psalm, the 82nd Psalm. And then right after that, we'll go to the 68th Psalm. Now, as you're turning there, what would happen if we begin to ask God to help us to begin to see people through Jesus' eyes? What would happen if we lived our life and let the things that concern Jesus come out through our lives? And that's my prayer today is, that every one of us in here begin to see people through Jesus' his, his eyes and understand that people are important to God, even the unnoticed. Psalm 82, verse number 3. Defend the poor and the fatherless. The message says you're here to defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to or for the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. And so he's telling me and you, our job here is to stand up for those who don't have the ability to stand up for themselves. And you see this echoed throughout even the New Testament in James 1. He said, pure and undefiled religion is to stand up for the orphan and the widow. And when we read this right here about the, the fatherless, we now live in a society where the majority of children that are born into this world are now coming into homes where it's the fatherless. And so when I read the scriptures, it's if God knew what would begin to take place 
in, in mankind throughout the years. And I just want to say thank you for any of you that minister to our children in any capacity. I appreciate it. I know God does. But when I read this here, understand God sees this. This is a big deal to God. Turn back just a couple pages to Psalm 68. And when you get there, I want you to look at verse 5 and 6. It says this, speaking of God, He's a father of the fatherless. That word father there in the Aramaic is the word Ab, or A-B, which is short for Abba. One of the first words a child learns is daddy. The modern Hebrew word for Ab is daddy. And so again, that's one of the first words a child learns to speak in the Jewish culture. But when it talks about the father here, the Ab does not mean a physical father so much as it does the architecture, the builder, the creator, the one who causes something to be. And so when I read there, he's the one who causes something to be. God is the giver of life. And God is the one who caused every one of us to be. And it was, God's, it was never God's intention for, for children to be without fathers. But it's again, God says something right here as far as he's a father of the fatherless. He's a defender of the widows. One ch- translation says he's the champions of widows. Is God in his holy habitation? So when I read that verse right there, understand this. This is big in the eyes of God. This is huge in God's eyes. And actually it's big when we obey it and do what he says. And he goes on to say, God sets the solitary in families, a home for the desolate or the lonely. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, literally prisoners for freedom. But the rebellious, they dwell in a land, in a dry land. One translation says those who are rebellious will rot in hell. So again, when I I look at this and read this, it's a big deal because God is intimately involved in the affairs of the weakest and the least prominent people in the lives of ones who don't have the ability to plead for themselves. Now, I want you to think about that right there. Do I look forward to the help of the fatherless and the widows? Did I even know that that was a big deal to God? Well, it is a big deal. And when I go back and look throughout the scripture, before King David was king, there was a man named Saul that was the king. Saul had a son named Jonathan. And after they both died and David became a king, this is 2 Samuel 9, David said this out of his mouth. He said, I want to I wanna show the goodness of God to the lineage of, Of Saul and Jonathan. I want to be good to him. Now if you think back to King Saul. He's the king that wanted to kill David over and over again. But instead of retaliating against his family. David said I want to show them the goodness of God. Jonathan had a son whose name was Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was lame in both his legs. 
So he wasn't normal compared to others in the way he got around. And so when David said to, to Mephibosheth, come up to my house, when Mephibosheth got there, he responded and said to him, why would you look as upon a dead dog as I? He looked at himself as nothing more than a dead dog. There was no value to himself. But yet David wanted to show him the goodness of God. Now, in, in my own life, before I gave my heart to Jesus, I could care less about other people. I didn't have time for other people. The focus is always about me, 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 me. And sometimes even when we get born again, we revert back to that where we think everything in my life is about me. But when God truly comes into your heart, He begins to fill us with compassion. And part of that compassion is we begin to look at people through His eyes and we begin to value other people. Now, go with me to the book of Exodus chapter 22. And as you turn there, you're going to see in here that God's desire is that we reflect His concern for other people. That literally we become Jesus' hands, we become His feet, we become His mouth. Right here on this place called earth. He says this in Exodus 22 verse 22. You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child to treat with contempt, to take advantage of, to cause pain, to exploit. Now think about what he just said. Do not cause pain to any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them or you cause them pain in any way and they cry out at all to me, I will surely hear their cry. If their pain is so great that me or you has caused them, God said he's going to come after us because he hears their cry. Now look what he says in verse 24. And my wrath will become hot and I will kill you with the sword. Your, your, your wives shall be widows and your children shall be the fatherless. So you know what he says here? I'll avenge their grievance. And God says because our behaviors toward the widow and the fatherless or the orphan, he said, I'll retaliate against you. So again right here, when I look at this, this is a big deal to God. And part of discovering God is learning to have the heart that God has. So if God has a heart for the widows and the orphans, what about us? Does that play a part in anything we ever do on a daily basis? Go with me to the book of Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. You know, I believe this, that when we truly get born again, God will cross our paths on a daily basis with people that need to be encouraged, with people that just need to be loved. You know, and one of the ways God's done that with, with me recently, the last couple of years, is on your way home today at most major intersections, you'll see men and women that are sitting at those corners selling newspapers. And so most Sunday mornings, 
I arrive here about 6.45 in the morning just to come. I, I love Sunday mornings. They're the, they're the highlight of my week. But what I've noticed for the last several years on the way here at 6.45, regardless if it's 20 degrees outside or 100 degrees outside, those men and women are already at that corner at 6.45. And when I leave here and go home roughly about 1.30, They'll still be there. And there's times I've come back to the church at 7 in the evening and they're still there. Even as close as 8.30, I've seen them still there. And so on my way home, I go by the, the corner here at Quaker and the Loop. And over the years, there have been men and women that I know that God wants me to be good to them. And here in the last couple months, there's one lady there, and she looks a lot older than I believe she is just because of her appearance. And there's times when I've pulled up at that corner, that just the compassion of God goes out to me. I believe it's important that we ask God, Father God, fill us with your compassion for people. And there's times I've looked at that woman and I thought, what if that was my own mother? Is she one of those that goes unnoticed? Is she one that if she died today, would anybody even notice or care? And so I've gotten to know her. And the greatest thing is not just to bless her and compensate her financially. But I always get to put in a plug for Jesus and I'll tell her, Jesus loves you. The Lord values you. And a couple of weeks ago, being Mother's Day, it almost broke my heart to see her out there on Mother's Day. And I asked her. I said, are you a mother? And she said, yes. And I said, I bet you were a good mother too. God bless you. And so again, I don't say that to say, look how spiritual I am. I'm just saying this, that... Throughout the day, throughout the week, God will cross your path with people that may have the dead dog syndrome. And won't it be fun when we get to heaven if someone looks and says, the only reason I'm here is because your prayers. The only reason I'm here is because you're giving. Now, in saying that, I want you to pay close attention here. In Acts chapter 10. I'm going to read starting in verse number 1. It says here. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. A centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. Now it's very apparent here that this man was a Gentile. And he was the Italian descent. But at this time in this man named Cornelius' life. He wasn't born again. He was searching for God. He was trying to discover God. I believe at this point in his life, he knew that there had to be more to life than what he was experiencing. How many ever remember that? I remember that. As going through my life as a great sinner, I began to realize there's got to be more to life than just spending this many years of my life getting drunk and doing the things I was doing. Thank God people begin to tell me about Jesus. 
Verse 2. Now watch the characteristics of this guy. A devout man, a thoroughly good man. One who feared God with all his household. The Amplified says there that he feared God with a reverential obedience. Listen to this next characteristic. Who gave alms generously to the people. The Amplified says he gave generous gifts to the poor. The New International Version says he gave gifts to those who were in need. So he had a heart to bless people. And he ends this verse and he says, and he prayed to God always. He prayed to God continuously. Now again, this was a man who began to hunger knowing there's got to be something more to life. Verse 3. About the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. This is interesting right here. This angel shows up in his life and this angel speaks to him and says, Cornelius. Now, I had this thought in the first service and I got it again here. I want you to note something here that he talked about this angel in this verse, okay? What ultimately happens in this passage is God hears his request and he sends the apostle Peter to him. Now, when Peter comes, Cornelius begins to explain to Peter what happened. This is this same chapter. Look at verse 30 and I want you to note something here. So Cornelius said to Peter, Four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. I'm telling you, this guy was wanting to discover God. And he said, and at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, watch this. A man stood before me in bright clothing. What's such a big deal about that? A man stood before me in bright clothing. So if we go back and read, we read into verse 3. This angel appears to him. Now his definition of the angel is he said, this man appeared to me. Why is that a big deal? Because I believe God still moves in those ways. And in Hebrews 13, 2, it says, many of you have uh, entertained angels and you were unaware of it. And so I, I believe these things are happening more and more. There's angelic visitation But it's interesting at times, and I think about this. We may have been around angels and weren't weren't even aware of it. It's the goodness of God. I'm telling you, that is the goodness of God. I thought some of you may shout on that, but it's okay. Verse 4. And when he observed him, he was afraid. And he said, what is it, Lord? So the angel said to him, Your prayers and your alms, your charitable giving, your giving to the poor have come up for a memorial before God. So you know what he says here? Because of your prayers and your giving, you got God's attention. You got heaven's attention. I don't know today if you're standing and believing for loved ones to be saved. But something happens when we begin to call out to God in our prayers. And don't ever quit praying, okay? Your prayers don't fall on deaf ears, all right? Just keep praying and keep believing God for them. 
And then number two, it's interesting that he said specifically, your giving or your compassion that you had for the poor got God's attention. This ought to be an example to me and you. Now, I can tell you the end of the story right here. You know what ultimately happens? God does send Peter, and Peter goes to him, and Cornelius gets saved. His family members get saved. His relatives get saved. And his friends, not only did they get saved, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. So God sees what a lot of people don't see. God sees your actions. God sees your heart. God sees your compassion. Now go back with me to the book of Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12 where we started at. And again, we're talking about discovering God. And I want to take on the heart of God in every area of my life. Mark 12, verse 41. Now Jesus said opposite the treasury, the offering box. And he saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. So get this. Here's the picture. After the church service, the people would begin to come out of the temple or the synagogue. And they would go by the offering boxes which there were 13 of them, and they were shaped like a trumpet. And on their way out, they would put in their offerings. Now, it's interesting on that morning that when churches dismiss the Lord Jesus, he goes and he sits opposite the treasury. And the Bible says specifically right here, he saw... How the people gave. It didn't say how much. It said he saw how the people gave. So Jesus right there was looking at their hearts. He was looking at their attitudes. Just to see. Are they a cheerful giver? Are are they happy about doing this? And it said the rich put in much. Verse 42. Then this one poor widow came in through in two mites. Which make a quadrant. Now, the mite was the smallest coin in circulation. They were very small copper coins. To get an idea what a mite was, a mite itself was a quarter of a penny. It says she throws in two mites, which will make up a quadrant. To help you with the quadrant, A quadrant was 164th, let me repeat that, 164th of a laborer's daily wage. What was the daily wage of a laborer in those days? A daily wage was a denarius, which was equivalent to 10 pennies. So she put in just a little, little, little bit in the eyes of most people. Keep reading here with me. So Jesus called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. Jesus called the disciples' attention. He says, I want want you to see this woman's heart. 
I want you to see her actions. For they all put in out of their abundance, the tiny part of their surplus. They gave what they would never miss. But this woman put in of her poverty all that she had, her whole livelihood. You know what this means? She gave what she couldn't afford to give. You know what literally took place this day? This woman wouldn't eat that whole day because she gave it all away. So this woman's heart right here was more on sacrifice. She didn't base her sacrifice on calculations and convenience. She just said, I want to pour this out to my Lord. And it got Jesus' attention. Now, I want to give you a little bit of an example this morning on, on what that would look like and even what that would sound like, okay? So the rich would come in and it said they would put in much, but the much they put in was little bitty in comparison to her because the much was just copper coins too. But what the rich would do, they would come in and this was how it would sound. Wanting everyone to hear, and you can get it right there, you could tell to a degree how much they were putting in just because of the noise. But this one poor widow comes walking in. And this is what it sounded like. And isn't it interesting that it got Jesus' attention? And again, in part of discovering God right here, God's after our heart. That's what He's after. He's after our heart. Now I'm going backwards a little bit here. Same chapter, verse 38. Then Jesus said to them in His teaching, understand this, this was at, at the Sabbath. This was at church on that morning. And Jesus is teaching them. And He said, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, they love greetings to the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogue, and the blessed place in the feast. So you know what he's saying? Beware of these ones who are so religious that they want to be noticed by people. They want their outward, the external, is what you notice. They want you to hear what they give. And he said, beware of those ones. Who look at people as if, what are you doing here? Why are you even in church today? See, again, I look at all those ones that he's dressing. And how many of those even acknowledged this poor widow that day? How many of them even spoke to her that day? But yet they walked around with a pride and an arrogance of false religion. You know why a lot of people don't come to church? is because Christians do. Ow. And we got our, our mindset a lot of times that we're so much more spiritual than other people. Have we ever really figured out church is for sinners? If it wasn't for sinners, we wouldn't be here. I remember as a young, young man... Searching for God, trying to discover God. 
I had a local pastor where I grew up at who really began to reach out to me. And he was very kind to me, very kind to me. And the reason I say that is that he understood my background. He knew. He knew all the stuff I'd done. But yet he would invite me to his little Sunday school class. And he'd say, sit right here by me. And I remember one Sunday he said, why don't you stay around and just go to our main service today? And I did. And I never went back again after that. Because of people just like this in the Bible that were very religious. Not one of them spoke. People looked at me like, what are you doing here? And it bothered me. Actually, I ran from God a little, little longer after that because the way I thought, is this is how the church treats people. And so Jesus right here, he's dealing with this. He's dealing with false religion. He's dealing with arrogance to saying, don't act like you're better than people. And look how he ends verse number 40. Who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. You know what he's saying? Don't be cruel to people. Don't try to take advantage over the widows. Actually, it should just be the opposite. We ought to look out and say, who can we bless to this day? And so again, when I look at all this, Jesus saw their heart. But the truth of the matter is, he sees our heart. And our heart controls our attitude. And our attitudes determine our actions. They determine my response. And at times, my attitudes and my actions as a Christian, they can stink. Something happens when I begin to respond to God and say, Father God, I ask you to die. Fill me with your compassion. Change my actions. Change my attitude. And what would happen if we begin to live like Cornelius and say, Lord, we got family members that need to be saved. And we pray for them. And, and that not only just in theory, but we, we help the poor. We do good to people that can't do good for themselves. And I challenge you right now to ask God to come in your heart and say, Lord, let me start seeing people through your eyes, through your heart. Don't pray that unless you mean it. Because what will begin to happen, you will find out throughout your day and throughout your work week, God will cross your path with people that need just to be told, God loves you. God loves you. I don't tell you this to brag on me. But just the goodness of God. And there's times in my life that he'll, he'll show me his compassion. Just the compassion of God will go out for me. And it's, it's easy for me for the compassion of God to go out for me when I go to the orphanage in Juarez. Because you see little kids that, that literally have Nothing. Nothing. No mom, no dad. The clothes they have is because of the orphanage. The, the, the food they eat is because of the truly orphans. And that's easy. That's easy for me to go around there and have compassion. 
remember one of the times I was down there. I, 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 like, I like children. I'm just not real big on babies, okay? And I don't mean that ugly. I just, you know, sometimes people say, hold my baby. And I, I don't want to hold your baby. I don't want to hold him wrong. You look at me like I got him in a neck hold or something. Don't, don't do that to me. I like them when they get to be about one or two. And so I'm at the orphanage and we're sitting out front and they got a little, I don't know, two-year-old little girl and I'm looking at her and I realize she, she's probably never had a daddy holder ever. And so Sydney brings her over to me and hands her to me. And she sits me down right there and I'm holding her and she hadn't been there one minute and all of a sudden this warm liquid is on my leg. She just kind of looks at me and grins like, there you go, buddy. Again, sometimes God gets to fill us with compassion. But what would happen here at your job, in our city, if you said, Lord, I want to be your hands and I want to be your feet? This happened to me not long ago. I'm at a line at a grocery store, and I can tell this is this young single mom in front of me. And it's her daughter's birthday, and the reason I know that is because she's got her a little balloon that says, Happy Birthday. And she puts a couple items up there to pay for, and the little girl rings it up and says, It'll be this amount. And I'm standing there, and I'm hearing the whole thing. And the little mama says, darling, we're going to have to put one of those back. I don't have enough money for all of them. What a hint. I mean, it's one of those ones that it's very easy for God to nudge you. And I looked at her and I said, I'll pay for all of it. And they leave and she just looks at me. And so I walk out, and she's waiting for me. And she said, I couldn't have made this little girl's birthday happy without you. And I said, it's not me, it's the love of God. It's just the goodness of God. And part of discovering God is when we begin to take on His heart, when we begin to take on His characteristics. And I can tell you this, I wish I've always acted that way. I haven't. There was times when God would give me the opportunity to do that and I would pat him on the back and say, get a job. But something happens when I begin to honor God the way he does. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.